Hey everybody, 6th of June. Um, we're uh, going to talk about unemployment right now this morning. I know that's not a real wonderful thing, but there's a lot of farming operations employ a lot of people. And it's interesting, they still split out the non-farm farm payrolls from everything else. And, and not so good news is good news for the stock market because the stock market's up after it came out. But I maybe want to get into a few things that you're not going to hear in the average normal uh, press. And then what, at least my opinion of what it means for agriculture. There's 15 million people on unemployment right now. And the unemployment benefits are very good. I get that. But let's talk about some numbers. 559,000 jobs added in May. Uh, we're recovering from the pandemic. We're getting rid of masks. Uh, bars and restaurants are opened up. People are doing some things. A lot of fast food restaurants in my neighborhood, though, have closed the lobby due to the fact we can't get enough help. Now, whether that is that we can't get enough help or whether that's a cost-cutting move because we're serving a lot of food through the drive-thru and we can do that with one person running the register or two people running registers and two cooks and one what I call uh, order packer, um, and we can save a whole lot on, we get a whole lot of business run through not a whole lot of labor. Uh, it was short of expectations. Now, they only added 266,000 jobs. Some places I read say 278,000 jobs in April. But it was short of expectations. Expectations was 671,000 jobs. Now, unemployment fell to 5.8% from 6.1% from the estimated 5.9%. And so you're going to say, um, now wait a minute here. The expectations fell short of where we thought it was going to be. And there was a few people even thinking that we'd have to have it added up to a million jobs. And that was way, way over-guessed. But how does unemployment fall? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and it's called people leaving the workforce. But non-farm payroll uh, is basically down... 7.6 million total people from the pre-pandemic level. Uh, that, that, that's, that, that it, it, that's like 5% of the workforce in some places. I mean, depending on how you... You got to remember, every economist has a different set of numbers here. Everybody looks at these things a little bit different. But lots of people left the workforce and lots of retirement. Uh, the payroll still down 7.6 million. Um, okay, let's talk about some of these people. Stay-at-home dads. Stay-at-home dads have increased. Uh, the the wife's got a good job bringing home insurance, and let's face it, grandpa and grandma are tired of watching the kids because the kids don't quite work out in a normal daycare setting because. We're going to school some days of the week. Some days of the week, we're not going to school. We're getting out early other days of the week. And it just became a hassle for childcare. And like I said, wife's got a good job. She's got good benefits. And the husband's like, all right, I'll just stay home. And, and in some of the cases, those guys, they're, they're, take, they're helping take care of grandpa and grandma. They're remodeling the house, i.e. that's why lumber's through the roof. Uh, they're, they're kind of a handyman. So instead of paying daycare, instead of doing the other stuff that we got to do, it makes sense, quote unquote, for the old man to stay home. And so he stays home, runs the kids around. 
Now, in some cases, it's the wife because the husband's got a really good job that she's staying home and 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 doing those kinds of things. But the big increase has been quote unquote in the stay at home dads. Um, Hundred sixty thousand people left the workforce in May. Hundred sixty thousand people just—that's retirements. And I tell you what, I I I one get one guy I know him and his wife well. His company was looking at making cutbacks. He's about my age, and he said, "You know what? Before you let somebody else go, I'm just going to retire." He's talented. He's really good at what he does. But he said that, they, that these young people, they need a job. You know, I'm, I'm in my early 60s. I can, quote, unquote, retire. Uh, now, he basically told me that if a consulting gig comes along, you know, he, he said, you know what? He said, I, I may, he, he didn't do much this spring because he kind of wanted to do a few things. But he said this fall, somebody, somebody needs a green cart driver. Somebody needs a, a t- he, he really, what he says he really wants to do is just be a tillage guy. Because then, but the grain cart guy's got to be on when the combine's on. But the tillage guy, the tillage guy can kind of come and go, and if he needs to shut down for an afternoon, can shut down for an afternoon, and, and that kind of stuff. But yet, you still had 160,000 people left the workforce. Not in the workforce, but won a job, 6.6 million. That's little changed. That's little changed. Um, it's up two hundred thousand from February of twenty twenty. So, so the long term want a job, but but not in the workforce. Uh, whether that's whether they got a criminal record, whether they got some other kind of issues, health issues, whatever that that don't allow them to have a job, or or they've been unemployed for so long, nobody really wants to take a, a chance on them. That's really what it gets down to. Um, the, the, those those are little changed. Now the long term unemployed is forty one percent of the of the unemployment numbers, and the longer term you stay unemployed, the bigger the chances are that you become not in the workforce but still want a job, but you're quote unquote the term unemployable. Um. Now it's real interesting. Seven point nine million people were unable to work because their employer closed or lost a business. Now, I'm guessing a lot of those are restaurants, bars, those types of things. But you also had, you know, some amusement parks. I I mean, I look at the people that there's a north of us a little ways. There's an amusement company and they went around to a lot of county fairs and a lot of places like that, you know, and had the rides and that kind of stuff. Well, the pandemic closed all that down. I mean, it all closed down. It was kind of interesting, too, because they went to, like, Florida for the winter. Uh, not not to winter in Florida, but to actually work down there. And then, of course, they'd hit the Midwest in the summertime and do what I call the fair um, hometown homecoming type circuit in the summertime. Uh, and those people are all unemployed. Uh, but, yeah, the, the long-term unemployment is a number that I always look at because that's people that are at risk of falling out of the, of the workforce. Okay, so now you're going to say, so what's that mean for me? Now, you, you know the meatpacking deal. Um, USDA didn't agree to that pilot project to speed up the lines on the pork processing, and that was basically a, a, a cave into the unions. Um, 
you, you got long-term unemployed people, uh, and they're probably not positioned in an area where, quote-unquote, an agricultural person can, can use them, can hire them. Uh, you know, that, that, that's, you know, like one person told me, you know, it's, it's hard to crank up the lumber industry when there's nobody left in those rural towns in Oregon because they ran all the jobs out. But now that we want more people to work, they all left. Well, and, and part of it, too, was the young ones left. So there's no young people to, quote, unquote, make a career out of those jobs. They all left. And so what are you going to do, entice a 60-year-old or a 62-year-old to unretire and go back to work? Now, in some cases, you maybe can, but I can tell you, once somebody gets enough money to retire, it takes a sizable amount of money to unretire them, unless they're the tillage guy. You know, the tillage guy, you know, or, or maybe I'll help you drive a truck a little bit in the fall, or, you know, what whatever, um, That that's... That's a different deal because that's not full-time. That's not forever. But I'm going to state this again. I've stated it for a long time, and, it, and, and I know people said I was nuts, you know, six, seven, eight years ago when I was saying this. If your agricultural operation depends on cheap labor, you got problems moving forward. And let's face it, this bump in, in the unemployment amount of money Basically, you know, they want a $15 minimum wage, okay? And I know everybody says, well, that's going to run out minimum wage workers. There's going to be kiosks. There's going to be all this other kind of stuff. Yeah, there is. But they've raised the unemployment benefits, which is kind of like mandating a higher wage. You know, they, they haven't got anywhere with a, with a, with a quote-unquote low, with a higher minimum wage but if we raise the unemployment benefits enough, that's a de facto increase in the minimum wage. So I think, you know, your your business model moving forward, and if I was looking at a, if I'm a young person that's looking to expand their agricultural operation, and I'm looking at moving my operation forward and larger in the next five to 10 years, and I'm looking at, quote unquote, hiring some non-farm outside help, I think probably down the road I'm putting an, uh, a higher value on that in my expense side of my cash flow sheets. You know, if you're looking at, it, at an expansion and you're looking at running some numbers, you know, longer than six months, longer than a year, longer than two years, you're, you're you, you know, you're not going to be able to look back at your farm business, farm management books, your FBFM analysis and say, yeah, I'm going to pay that much for labor from here going forward for the next five to 10 years. I think your labor is going to cost you more money. Uh, and whether you say, but the commodity prices, if they don't go up or the other expenses go, or whatever. And, and let's face it. That's why we've gone to 24, 16 row planners, 24 row planners. 32-row planners, 36-row planners, 48-row planners. Uh, scene one, I think, was 54 rows. Uh, and I'm not sure what kind of corn head they're lining that thing up with. Um, maybe that's an 18-row corn head. Uh, but, you, you know, you start looking at this stuff, and you start seeing where this thing's going to go. Uh, and it's not... It's not going to have cheap labor. Just that's all it is. 
and and I don't know what some of the larger livestock outfits are going to do. I, I know we're we're bringing in a lot of immigration right now is high, but you know how many of those are kids? How many of those are people going to urban areas? How many of those are going to settle in a rural setting to get you the help you need? Labor is going to be a problem going forward. Now, I know we're, we're, they're working on autonomous tractors where you're going to be controlling the combine and the grain cart tractor out in the field. That, that, that's, that's coming about. Um, and it's still going to need a truck driver, though, to be able to unload that grain cart onto the truck and take off down the road. I mean, I really think this would be, uh, uh, you know, to the state guys running the portable scales. Um, Mr. Officer, um, we got this autonomous tractor and it's supposed to, you know, only put on X number of pounds. So we're not overweight, but we don't know what happened, but we had a little glitch in the software and we got 90,000 pounds on that semi. Wasn't our fault. You know, blame, blame John Deere and their autonomous stuff. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud down the road, if you could make that tractor, you know, automatic to drive through the field, you could probably put a sensor in the trailer to make sure that the auger dumps right in the middle of the trailer and only puts so much in each dump and probably have some type of way to weigh, to weigh the semi so the grain cart knows when to shut off to not overload semi. I mean, we got scales on them now. But just think, you could probably make all that happen down the road. Um, now, you're going to say, well, I don't need as much skilled labor then. But I'm going to come back and say, yeah, but the person programming that stuff, the person working on that stuff, the person debugging that stuff is going to cost a lot more money. And if you're a quote-unquote big enough operation, one of two things, you're either going to have to hire that person or you're going to have to do enough business with a implement dealership that they'll hire that person for you. And then I've talked to a couple larger farmers that they're tired of putting what they call idling hours or air conditioning hours on grain cart tractors uh, and racking up the hours on these brand new mechanical front wheel drive grain cart tractors just to run a grain cart. They're actually looking for older tractors some of them old four-wheel drives with uh, PTOs in them. Uh, some of them with um, j just older mechanical front-wheel drives. You know, what, what I would call the, the rounded cab era of John Deere. And, and the same, same age of, you know, international tractors and every other brand. Because uh, you got to watch it with Agco because they had multiple brands back then. But... They're like, hey, it's got a good air conditioner in it. It's good, got a good radio. The hired man's on his phone all the time anyway. I, I don't need to buy a $300,000 tractor to throw somebody in to put hours on it to reduce the value of that tractor. I'm going to buy a tractor with three or 4,000 hours on it and put another three or 4,000 hours on it. And it, it's, it's not going to go down as much as the tractor with zero hours going to 3,000 hours just running a grain cart. Now, that, that's maybe a way to offset labor costs. I, I don't know. Um, and kind of got off on the autonomous, but it, but it all works into this labor deal. You know, if you're looking at growing your operation and you're going to have to, quote unquote, grow your operation with hired help, you're going you're gonna to have to increase that expenditure, my opinion, down the road to make this thing work.
And you know what? There's some states getting rid of this, you know, higher benefits, unemployment, you know, money. Uh, there's some states, uh, you know, doing some other things. But the the one thing I've learned about, the one thing Republicans are terrible at is incrementalism. The one thing the Democrats are really, really good at is incrementalism. So they're going to continue to work. They've already what stated what their goal is. And they're going to raise that goal, by the way. If inflation gets going, instead of 15 bucks, they're going to want 20. But they're always working towards the goal. And you and I are always going to pay that higher freight. It's just the way of the world. Well, hey, went on enough about unemployment and about the numbers and, and, and the aspects of agriculture, but uh, I really think that you got to be sitting back and figuring out how can I control my labor costs down the road because my labor costs, well, no, and, and it's not just the per hour cost, it's the benefits. I mean, go price health insurance. Huh. Well, we're not going to have kiosks and farming, but... You know, we we may be ordering more stuff off of an iPad, not running around as much and doing some other things and actually spending more time in, in the field doing the actual work while we try to do everything else while we're in the field doing it. Call multitasking. Hey, to the smartest audience in agriculture, thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. I'm just going to do a few odds and ends today. Um, just some stuff, di- di- different things that uh, hit me and where we're at and what's going on and everything else and just kind of relate it to how it's affected agriculture. Well, let's start out now. It's being reported, being reported that the Pentagon gave the Wuhan lab $39 million. Now, I mean, $39 million is a lot of money to you and me, but to, you know, the government give, you know, giving out $39 million is kind of like a candy bar snack for lunch. Uh, the, 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 there's more to this Wuhan lab thing. And I don't know who put Fauci out there in front or, or if it was Fauci's idea himself that maybe you get out in front of it, it's all going to blow up on him. Now I can guarantee you that the mainstream media, um, the big internet companies are going to do everything they can to save Fauci. But I'm guessing that Rand Paul's going to take him down. Uh, you can't, you know, no, no matter how much the the establishment doesn't like uh, the fine senator from the great state of Kentucky, um, it's awful hard once you get on the radar of a politician uh, that stature and size and the fact that the politician's right, correct, and you're wrong, that's awful hard. Now, if you're right and they're wrong, you can withstand that. But being that it appears to me that that uh, the doctor um, was up to something there, it's it's going to be interesting to see where that all goes. And this thing may have legs that could last two, three, four years. Um, <clears throat> I seen they continue going to continue to ban Trump for two more years from Facebook. And I'll admit it, Trump screwed up with that January 6th deal. I I get it. He was mad. He was pissed. You know, uh, a lot of people had a lot of energy. But um, this the same as every now and then you got to declare victory and go home, which we've had a hard time doing in this country at times. There's other times you got to say game over. We'll get the next one and go on down the road. Um it, it just to me though, a pipeline's gotten hacked, a meat packer's gotten hacked, but now the election couldn't have been hacked. Okay, okay, got it, got it. 
understand that. Uh, the virus. Um, I think when, when it's all said and done, and there'll be books written on this 10 years from now, and, and history, mainstream media was so anti-Trump. The establishment, the establishment was so anti-Trump. Uh, I mean, just look at Liz Cheney losing her mind. I, I tell you what, my opinion, Liz Cheney's running for president. Uh, she, I think she thinks there's a whole bunch of Republican Party that agrees with her. And I don't think she realizes the Republican Party's changed. And I don't know if the Republican Party's changed so much. I think there was always this undercurrent in the Republican Party. And, and if you look at uh, like the 2010 uh, when the people were upset with Obama and Obamacare and, and a lot of the other things like that, the Tea Party movement, all that other stuff, that's been under here. The problem is the, the leadership, the, the Republican elites have always been able to keep the leadership where they wanted them to. And, and they never really let it come out. Well, Donald J. Trump basically hijacked the Republican Party, let, let, let her loose. And now that the cat's out of the bag, you're going to have fun time putting that cat back in the bag. And I don't think Liz Cheney can put it back in the bag. There may be a politician down the road that could. But I, I don't think the people that work so hard to keep it from jumping out of the bag are going to be able to put it back in the bag. Uh but I think it's going to come down that, that, especially with the Wuhan lab and some of this other stuff with the virus and everything, and some of the mass mandates, some of the stuff that Kumo did by, you know, taking sick COVID people and putting them in nursing homes in the most vulnerable population and getting a whole bunch of those people sick and killed. I, I think at the end of the day, Eventually, all that comes out, and the mainstream media is going to look really, really, really bad. But, and this is kind of where I'm going to get to what, how it's going to affect agriculture. The liberals in the establishment, they have the money. <clears throat> you know what? The Republicans, and I thought this at the time, the Republicans fought very, very hard to, to allow corporations to give money to political campaigns, you know, corporations to, to help out with political campaigns, everything else. Well, when the liberals were defeated in that, they thought, hmm, can't beat them, join them, let's just take over the corporations, and they have. They've taken over the colleges and the universities, and, and I know it's that you know there's going to be people saying, oh, you're nuts and everything else, but look at what's going on in your modern-day college campuses. And they pretty much got the mainstream media, and they, they control the Internet. They own it. Um, so what about agriculture? Well, Let's talk about the Colorado meat ban. Uh, let's talk about the push that they're trying to get California emission controls across the country. That one's just kind of quietly out there. It's way down. Nobody's really talking much about it. And the other thing that they want to do is they want to make every engine retrofitted to meet those California current emission stands. So... All of us people out there buying these older tractors so we don't need def, uh, so we don't have what I call the garbage can size muffler with the, with the stainless steel filter that's 5000 bucks on the side, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, we would have to retrofit all of our tractors and probably even the small ones, which the retrofit's probably going to cost more than buying new ones, and they would say, oh, we'll get the economy going that way. And that, my friend would would really, really, really put a dagger in the heart of the small family farm where people work off the farm and yet still run their own ground or their family ground. 
and they run older equipment, they run smaller equipment, they don't put a lot of acres through them, but yet it works really well for them in their business model. Uh, if they got to come out with quote unquote all new stuff or retrofit all their old stuff, uh, that's really going to be big. And I know you're going to say, oh, we haven't heard of that. Well, um, maybe you haven't seen, but the state of Illinois, of course, you know, we we got as many crazy liberals as California, in certain areas are wanting, and, and mainly around the big city up on the uh, bottom of the lake that sticks down into the center of the country, and the home of the St. Louis Cardinals, right east of that, they want to put through that the diesel engines have to be California mission standard, basically eligible. And that you'd have to retrofit them. Because I, I get this from the Midwest Truckers Association. That, I mean, they keep track of this stuff. It was a bill that was entered in the hopper, didn't go anywhere, but yet it was a bill that was entered in the hopper, which means the idea is out there. And that that is, oh, oh, you know, and and when they have the money, they got the media, they got the internet, they can start telling us how we're going to produce our food, whether whether we want to do it that way or not. And and, and also, I, I I got a person I I would consider an associate, um, that they're kind of ranting raving about the federal tax proposals now on family inheritances. And I'm like, well, you back Biden. Uh, quote, unquote, you, you backed Biden. Um, and you didn't think something like that was going to happen? Um, and and you, you didn't think something like that was going to happen? Oh, my. Ah, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm ranting and raving. My wife will get mad at me for doing that. But, but I tell you what, th- th- this... Um, this inheritance tax stuff, this tax and capital gains, and, and, and that, that's, that's redistribution of wealth. That is um, communism. That, that's, that's your modern-day big city liberal Democratic Party folk. That, that's, that's your progressives. They're, they're going to take your property from you when you die. You can keep it till you die, but your kids ain't going to get it. You know, and, and, and let's throw it out there. You know, Bill Gates said he was only going to give each one of his kids $10 million. Now, I'm wondering with his wife divorcing him if she's not going to change that and maybe allow their kids to have more. But Bill Gates thought giving a kid a whole bunch of money was a big disservice to him. And he was only going to give, like, each one of his kids $10 bucks when he died. The rest of it was all going to go someplace else. So that's the thinking out there, folks. You know, you, you you know your kids can work hard and make the money and buy their family buy, buy buy their own farm. Why should you give it to them and just keep in the same family and just build a dynasty? And I mean, I can hear it now. 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 But what gets me is somebody's now writing an article out there like, "Oh my God, this is Armageddon." And, and I I get it. They hated Trump. Uh, but be careful what you ask for. You just might. Get it, and I'm 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 afraid in a lot of areas, us in agriculture, uh, we're 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 going to get a lot of stuff we didn't even ask for. But you know how do, how do you change this? You get involved, you work, you get active. Um, 
you know, and, and you and you got to be. It's got to be more than just beyond your ag organizations too. And I'm not knocking ag organizations; they do a lot of good. But you got to do it locally. You got to do it regionally. You got to do it statewide, and you got to do it nationally. Because I can tell you, the liberals that are wanting to ban meat in Colorado, they're working it every day themselves. Every day. And I know you're saying, well, I just want to do this. I just want to farm. I just want to do that. Well, if you just want to farm, you got to, quote unquote, you know, keep your right to farming. Well, hey, kind of an odds and ends Saturday. Kind of went off into politics a little bit. But a lot of you know what I've done, how involved I've been. If you haven't, send me a direct message sometime. I'll send you some backing and show you some stuff. Um, Been around the game for quite a while. Survived it for a long time. And it is very interesting. Well, hey, with that, an odds and ends Saturday. Thanks for listening.